Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom now. Here we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission, inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hello, hello. All right, so we are diving in to part two of the interview that I did with Ashley Renard, author of Swing. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about and you haven't listened to episode one of this two-part series, I guess, you got to go back and you got to listen to that one. You just have to. This won't make sense. In that episode, we talk about Ashley and her husband's decision to dabble into the world of swinging and ended the conversation when Ashley confesses that she fell in love with another man. Yeah, so lots happened in that episode. Go back and listen to it. Then in this episode, we pick up where we left off, and Ashley shares how she rebuilt her marriage after almost getting a divorce, how she stopped being a martyr mom, her tips for keeping monogamy hot, what she learned about herself during the whole swinging process, and a lot more. She shares so much in this one, and I'm just so grateful that she was so open and honest because this was a very powerful transformation. And her tips for keeping monogamy hot and transforming the way you show up for yourself, your partner, and your kids may just inspire you to level up in your own life. All right, let's dive into part two of my conversation with Ashley Renard. So welcome back <laughs> to part two of the conversation that left me in awe last time. I was like saying to my husband, like, did you know this? And he's like, yeah, I knew this. I was like, how did I not know? It's so, it's so funny, Jamie, like the things that can just expand our perspective and awareness, right? And it comes in different ways at different times, but it's amazing how much of life is just going on around us and we don't really notice, right? I know. It just shows like the power of our awareness and our focus, truly. For sure. Anyway, it sparked some really good conversations, which I'm sure he appreciates you for. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Men are a fan of Ashley because I'm yeah. like, let's get along. Let's have some good sex. And then, and then whatever comes along with that, right? Like, do I need to take care of the kids yeah. more? Do I need to do the dishes? Do I need to like step up? That's what, that's what a lot of this is. Like I learning, learning to step up for myself because I realized, wow, I'm not as happy as I told myself I was, or I'm not as happy as I really think I should be because I have a pretty nice guy for a husband and we don't fight and we have three healthy kids and my business is thriving. I should be happy. And I think a lot of us are in that sticky spot where, yeah, we, we would wish ourselves happier if we could, but there's something, there's something that we keep bumping up against that's just like not doing it. So I think that there are ways that we try to fill ourselves up or numb ourselves out in different ways, right? Scrolling social media, adding to cart. For some people, it's food. For some people, it's um, maybe it's a great hobby. Maybe it's a great hobby like hiking or stamp collecting or like, you know, you foster dogs. Like we all do things every day to try to feel filled up and feel satisfied. And that edge between is this good for me or is it not, I think is tricky for a lot of us, right? That, that line especially when we're trying to bring so much awareness to wait a minute, where are my limiting beliefs? Wait a minute, where is like patriarchy or society or whatever, just telling me that things should be a certain way or I should be a certain way. 
And then where does all of that end and where does the line actually start for things that are truly essential for us on this current soul journey, like this current incarnation, like this time in this meet suit, what do I need? I think a lot of us tell ourselves, well, I would be a better person if I needed less. I would be a better person if I asked for less. And that's the pickle I found myself in when we got into the swing lifestyle. And like a dodo, immediately I fall in love with someone, like the first person, first man who tells me I'm funny. And I realized during that time, wow, I am much needier than I thought I was. I'm much needier than I would really prefer to be. But I can't ignore that anymore. If I ignore that, I am going to be disloyal, dishonest, not really being a good caretaker of myself. And during this time, I was really trying to figure out how to be a more joyful caretaker of my children, to be like a more joyful mom. Mm -hmm. And I knew that when I was not really filling myself up, really looking at my satisfaction, really looking at my longings with integrity, like, and with integrity, I just think like that's prioritizing, like the things that you need are a priority in your life, right? And it's so easy for us just to like take everything that we need off the table and just look at what does my spouse need? What does my job need? What do my kids need? When they're all okay, then I'm going to focus on myself. Or, you know, a lot of us started this early in life with siblings or coaches or teachers or parents or anybody who we thought, wait, I think it's my job to make them feel better before I can feel better. Really getting attention from someone else in in a way that felt like um, almost like we were in high school again because he and I didn't have any kids together. He and I didn't have any responsibilities together. You know, like an and affair, an affair that's on the emotional plane, I feel like has so much more uh, potential and capacity for uh, expansion and really going there in your mind of how life could be better or different if you were with this other person, because there's a very little practical face-to-face time where, you know, you have to make dinner together, or you have to get the kids out the door. So when you're comparing this fantasy version of your life, whether it's like you live in a different city, you have a different body, you have a different job, you have a different spouse, you have a different family, whatever it is, when you're like, wait a minute, if I could swap out this thing that is not satisfying for this thing that I think would be easier, right? And we all have all these ways of like looking quite often on social media, there'll be things that pop up, right? That kind of hit us in the gut when we see other people are doing them. You know, for I think a lot of people when before they get married, it's like seeing friends or like acquaintances get engaged or get pregnant or have a baby or buy the new house or, 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 right? All these things that you think like, oh, that's for me too, but I don't have that, right? And then all these emotions come up. Like, am I mad at myself? Am I mad at them? Am I jealous? Am I happy for them? But also I want to, like, it's so complicated and we it doesn't have to be this complicated, Jamie, but it's super complicated because from the time we were really little, when we had wants and needs, we all got a variety of reactions to that. And in our partnerships, especially marriage, you know, my husband and I have been together for 15 years at this point. We had a lot of patterns, which I'm sure a lot of people do. And we still have a lot of these patterns that we're trying to bring more awareness to where I would want something, you know, make a bid for connection or want um, some kind of closeness or emotional intimacy. And really quickly, depending on his immediate reaction, 
my temperature would go hot or cold and then I would come closer or I would just like go bark up another tree, right? And in those patterns, I think it's protection, right? Because I don't want to be like, honey, I need from you. I need from you. And him go like, oh God, you know, we don't want to be brushed. To minimize that need. To minimize it or to feel like I'm a pain in the ass or a burden. Um, Because I think a lot of perfectionist type A overdoing, you know, Enneagram 3. I mean, you could, so many humans have this tendency and we have, we all have it for different reasons, but it's a lot of us have this, the, the, the overdoing, the seeking outside of ourselves uh, whenever we're feeling hungry or needy or like the actual feeding of ourselves physically and emotionally is something that not a lot of us saw modeled to us, right? So we look for it in different ways. And when I was, when we were in the swing lifestyle and I was getting this attention from other men, the type of attention I would never get from my husband, because basically the only time he was like really loving towards me was when we were having sex. You know, he was loving towards our kids all the time by like, you know, being a parent. But the only time he was really like a husband to me was when we were in the bedroom. So to have someone using their words especially since words of affirmation are, is my love language. I'm a writer, like, like words are my jam that stirred up in me a lot of things that, that I wished I didn't know and did, wish I didn't feel because being that needy made me feel super ashamed because I thought, Oh shit, if I really need that kind of love and attention and validation and, and encouragement from an intimate partner. Now here's the thing, Jamie, I got that kind of support in work all the time. I started a synchronized skating organization. Like I gathered the troops. I brought in assistant coaches. I had like team managers. I had my team professionally and I had things set up in a way that really supported me. But the awareness that that is something that I just need to function in life and that I need that in my personal relationships and my family too. I didn't have that awareness. And I think a lot of times we're fumbling around, you know, and even bumping up against our spouse, like, oh my God, we both just want to be happy and feel loved. But here we are just like doing all the wrong steps with each other, right? Like we can't get on the same page. We can't get on the same beat. What I realized in having these feelings for someone else and being so incredibly filled up by the attention of someone else was, holy shit, this is terrifying because I've just created this circus. I've created kind of this like train wreck of intensity and sexiness. And I mean, just we're ready to like fall over the edge and really have feelings hurt irreparably like every day of the week, like several times a day, right? Just the intensity of it was so much to handle. But I thought, oh my God, there's this part of me that has always wanted people to say, you are so great. Like, oh my God, I adore you. Like, look at you. Like, and I'm putting my hands like this, like, because like this is how I hold on to my kids' faces when I do it. Like, I touch their heads and I smell their hair. And I like, you know, like I just wanted to be so held and adored like that. And that's why I do that to my skaters. That's why I lavish praise on my team. Like, that's why I do that, because I would like that back. I was really afraid, Jamie, when I realized I needed that because I was like, shit, I don't know if my husband can ever do that. And now that I feel, it was like a gaping wound, right? That like had sort of just been covered up, covered up and like, you know, plastered over. And then we open it up and it's like, oh my God, this has been abscessing. And I was like, Mm -hmm. shit, I'm going to have to give this open air. I'm going to have to look at it. And it just was so terrifying. 
life was simpler when I thought I didn't need anything. I was all always wondering why I felt dissatisfied, even when I was like checking boxes, reaching goals. And I, I was surprised as anybody when I realized, oh, like it's maybe I was the only one surprised, Jamie, honestly, that I just really needed more love than I had admitted to myself or given to myself before. Mm-hmm. So when I realized how deep this need really was, I was like, oh, um, yeah, I could try to keep this polyamorous dating, this other couple thing going, but I know that's not going to hit the spot. That is like just dancing around the real issue. And I don't know what the real issue is, but it like, it hurts. It's pain. It's like deeper. It's, I had a really strong feeling that unless I figured it out for myself, I would never be able to even receive it in a healthy way from someone else, whether that was Brad, who I fell in love with, if we ended up being together, if, whether it's my husband, Manny, whether I never date someone again, but I just want to have reciprocal relationships with my friends and with my kids. So what I did was we cut off all contact with Brad and Jess, the couple we were dating, which was heartbreaking to me because at this point I'm like, oh my God, I'm a soft little squishy love bug inside where I've always been like, just, I always just wanted people to take me so seriously. And I'm like, oh, I'm not actually that serious. And I'm super, super soft and needy and sensitive on the inside. Okay. How am I going to make myself feel better? So honestly, I can stay around here for my kids. Because when I realized how much love I had been seeking and not getting, I was like, all right, stop the presses. We need to go in here. And that's when I started writing myself the love letters. Because not only was I feeling emotionally terrible, I started getting sick physically, including like pre-cancer cells on my cervix, skin cancer on my forehead, like all of these things. Like my body had been the thing that really held strong no matter how hard I pushed it, like always, 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 you know, I could be on the ice for a hundred hours over two weeks and I'd feel better at the end than at the beginning, you know? But my body was like, no, we too much. Like, you know, things are starting to fray. So I was in meditation and I was asking myself like, what do I need to do to get better? Like, how do I feel like myself again? And what I heard was you need someone who loves you better. And immediately I felt like righteously angry at my husband because I was like, that's right. Like that, that Bozo's never loved me well enough, right? Like it's his, it's him, it's his shortcoming. I would just sit in meditation for, for months and months and months. Jamie, I was like, you need someone who loves you better. And I was like, all right, do I leave? Do I get divorced? I was like, yeah, today's the day I'm going to do it. And then I would like, my resolve would like fall away. Like I swear five days a week, I was like, when he walks in the door tonight, I'm going to just tell him to go to his brother's house. But then I would see him and like, I would kind of soften. And I was like, well, maybe not today. And then finally, I'm sitting in meditation like six months later and I hear it again. I'm like, how do I feel better? Like, I'm just so desperate because I just feel, I just don't feel like myself, Jamie. You know what I mean? And I would say that like, there were times when I felt like myself and I wasn't actually acting in a healthful way, but I was like, getting things done and moving forward. I was feeling fired up, even if it was like sort of a panicked or anxiety fueled, like working, but I started, like, I I didn't have that fire. Right. I just felt really down, like really, really down. So I said like, what do I need to do to feel like myself again? Right. 
And then I heard, you need someone who loves you better. And I was like, thanks. Like I heard you the first hundred times. Like, have you got anything better for me? And it was, and it's you. Like you need someone who loves you better and it's you. And I thought, well, finally, like a fucking assignment I can do on my own instead of relying on other people, right? Because it's like, yeah, I need someone to love me better. But like, did I pick the wrong husband? Like, how do I change him? Because you can't, it was, it was so confusing to me. That day I started writing love letters to myself from myself, from my husband, from my kids, from, uh, you know, a friend back in middle school who was mean, from like, you know, an adult who said something that really embarrassed me when I was four and it stuck with me, like, careful not to say the really stupid thing, you know, like how some of us have a list of like the dumbest things we've ever said in our life. Like I worked down that list and I wrote letters to myself from myself or any other person who was involved in it to be like, hey, we're going to just wrap this story in some compassion, this like this story that like haunts you, this thing that you said, this like humiliating thing, this shameful thing. No, we're going to take all of those and go, hey, little four-year-old Ashley, six-year-old Ashley, 35-year-old Ashley, who is just hurting in this moment, I'm going to give you a little love here. I'm going to give you a little love. So I started doing this. And sometimes it was like seven letters a day, like just quick ones. It would be like jot, 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 or like text met, like texting myself a little note. And through giving myself what I needed, it was like a recalibration. And I want your listeners to know this wasn't self-gaslighting. This wasn't like, oh, my husband's really lame, but I'm just going to write pretend letters for my Prince Charming and then go, oh, honey, you're, mag- you're magnificent now. What it was was a recalibration to what I actually deserve. What we all actually deserve as humans on earth, which is like love, compassion, some tenderness. We all deserve some space to not be perfect, to take a look and go, oh, yeah, I wouldn't do that the same way now, but I don't feel ashamed for how I handled it then. And that softening was like, I feel like I'm going to cry right now talking about it, Jamie, because that was just a huge shift. My whole life, I thought the only reason I'm good or approaching good is because I push myself so hard. And writing the love letters to myself, it was like a game of chicken with the universe. It was like, what if I just love myself obsessively? Like, what if I just love myself like like I love one of my kids when they're not feeling good? Like, what if I just love myself like I love my dog when he hurt his knee? Like, you know, why don't, what if I loved myself the way I love, like, you know, a little aloe plant that I'm like trying to like make, come back to life. And here's the thing. When we direct, when we direct the love and the compassion and the wisdom that is flowing through us every day, that is flowing through all of us every single day, when we take that potential and we go, I am going to take this energy and I'm going to aim it towards feeling good and saying, no matter what, if my kids are having struggles, if my partner walks out the door today, no matter what, I know I am okay. I know I am okay. So I started writing these letters, writing these letters for months and months. And I don't even know if I told anybody. I know that I made a declaration in my journal the day that I was going to do it. And I I started writing like, okay, wait a minute. What do I think could change if I actually felt loved and filled up and I could do that myself? What do I think would change in my world? And 
I just wrote one word and I said, everything, everything would change. And then I started getting more detail in it, like really fantasizing, really dreaming, Jamie, like, oh, how would my husband's like chronic pain be if we were all in this space of like, really, we have what we need. We are all filled up, like access to doctors or supplements or the therapies we need or whatever, whatever, Every, we have everything we need, right? Like, what if, what if I actually believe that with my full body, that we have what we need in every moment? How will my relationship with my kids look? How will my patients look with a frustrating athlete or assistant coach? Because I was still coaching skating at this time. And this trajectory, Jamie, for like feeling dissatisfied or unfulfilled and then saying, what do I need now? And it's like, what do I need Meaning like any part of me that's like, I'm not okay. Whether it's like, you know, a seven-year-old part of you, inner child part, whether it's like the part of you that knows what you're capable of in business, but like you haven't, you haven't hit the mark yet, but like, you know, yeah, I, I definitely understand enough about this industry or enough about communicating with people that I can do that. Like I can sell that many books or I can launch this kind of program or, you know, the, when we add certainty and encouragement to certainty and encouragement inside of us, things start to grow. New parts of ourselves are in there dormant, in there dormant. And we've been giving them like the wrong food. Instead of, instead of really fostering us to grow into the people we're meant to be, so much of what we give ourselves is, is stifling, is, is like authoritative. It's like discipline. It's like do better. You know what I mean? It's like trying to keep ourselves in line. I think we're keeping ourselves in line to some sort of standard that so many of us, if we were asked like, wait a minute, describe it. Who are you trying to be? Or who do you think you should be? We'd get like a couple words down, but then the words wouldn't come. It's sort of like this feeling we get from people like, oh, don't be like that. And it's like, oh, okay. I can't be like that. But how are we supposed to be then, Jamie? Right? Like there's no, there's no yes put in. We're just, we're really policing ourselves with a lot of no's. Like, I shouldn't eat that much. I shouldn't rest that much. I shouldn't ask for that much. No, 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 too much, too much, too much, right? But then when we change it around and go, no, no, what do I need? And it's a yes. What do I need right now? I'm gonna give it to myself immediately. Even if I can only give myself, like, look in the mirror and go, you're okay. You are a great mom and your kids know they're loved. Whatever it is, Jamie, the littlest thing. I was like, oh, that that became my focus. That became my obsession. Like, what kind of influence can I wield in my family and in the world if I'm filled up? I'm going to interrupt this episode really quickly to give you the inside scoop on brands and resources that I'm loving who also helps support the show. As you know, my mindset has really changed around the importance of a healthy lifestyle, and I have been making my health a huge priority. Now, over the last year or so, I have started to integrate some micro habits into my day to help me be healthier, more energetic, and to really change the way that I feel. Now, one of the micro habits that I have integrated is Element. Here's the deal. When you are deficient in electrolytes, it can cause headaches and cramps and fatigue and feelings of weakness. Straight up, it can make you feel like garbage. 
And having a sufficient amount of electrolytes in your system can regulate your appetite and curb cravings and overall just make you feel much better. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low carb diets or practicing intermittent fasting or physically active or sweat a lot. And a lot of the electrolyte drinks have sugar and artificial ingredients and coloring, which is not needed and unhealthy. Now get this, according to the FDA, over 70% of sodium in the typical US diet is consumed from packaged and processed food. Now you do need sodium. So when you adopt a whole food diet and you're eliminating the processed food and all of that crap, you actually eliminate a lot of the sodium from your diet. Now, obviously it's not recommended that you reintroduce the processed food, but not replacing that sodium can negatively impact how you feel, which is where Element comes in. So Element is a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a lot of salt with no sugar. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for anyone following a keto, low carb or paleo diet. It has none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I personally have Element every single day, mostly when I'm working out, but also when I'm feeling dehydrated or perhaps had some wine the night before. Now Element is offering a free sample pack with the purchase for my listeners. When you order through my link, they have a money back guarantee. So if you don't like it, you can get your money back. And this sample pack allows you to taste the different flavors and just figure out what your favorite is. Personally, mine is watermelon and raspberry is a close second. So just head to www.drinkelement.com forward slash kickass stepmom. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash kickass stepmom to place your order and get your free sample pack. That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickass stepmom. I want to tell you about something I'm doing for 2023. I'm going through my closet and getting rid of anything that does not represent my best self. If the best version of myself, the one that I dream about becoming wouldn't wear it, or it doesn't make me feel confident and good. It is going in the donate pile or I'm selling it. That includes my loungewear. I am no longer into comfy clothes that make me feel like a slob kebab. I want to look cute. I want to look put together, even when I'm just chilling. So I have gone through my loungewear and purged. You wanna know what's left? My Cozy Earth. I am not kidding when I tell you that Cozy Earth loungewear is next level. It washes perfectly, it fits well, and the quality is amazing. The breathable four-way stretch bamboo viscose fabric is temperature regulating and the most comfortable ever. If I were you, I would order the bamboo joggers and the ultra soft bamboo pullover crew. It's probably no surprise, I have it in black. I also have the ultra soft wide leg pullover pants and I'm obsessed. Also, if you want to up your PJ game, the loungewear bamboo PJs are also unreal. All you have to do is head to CozyEarth.com and use the code CozyJamie40 for 40% off your order. Yes, 40%. That's the biggest discount that they offer. Head to CozyEarth.com and use the code CozyJamie40 for 40% off. So a lot of your work is talking about, you know, rehabbing the shabby marriage or, you know, how you and your partner got back on, on track. How did you take what you were giving yourself and what you learned during this process and this like awakening about yourself and bring that into that? Okay. So 
it was really annoying because while I was doing this, my husband was doing what looked like nothing. And it was nothing. It was nothing. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I'm trying to give him some credit. No, no, he, he was doing nothing, right? Now, who knows what kind of good works are just working through us at different times by the grace of whatever. I don't know. But I got to a point, Jamie, where I truly was okay, no matter what, touch wood, okay, no matter what, okay? That I was like, I, I, my anxiety went down because there was less to be afraid of. Because I'd be like, what if he walks out the door? It's like, well, I'm loving myself pretty well right now. So I got to a point where I was feeling so good that I thought, oh, well, that doesn't match anymore. I was like one of the, it was like kind of like one of these things don't belong, right? And I was like, yeah, the marriage. No, 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 no. So I talked to my husband and I said, I think maybe we've gone as far as we can go. And it wasn't an ultimatum. It wasn't an ultimatum. I wasn't stomping my foot. I wasn't even crying. I was just like, oh, like when you figure out something new in a board game or like there's this big reveal or aha in a book you're reading and you're like, oh, this all makes sense now. I said to him, I just don't think we're good at marriage. Like we're really good at a lot of things, including like we're great. We're great in the bedroom together. We're really good at co-parenting. We're really good at making financial decisions, which now I take that back because we're going through a new marriage renovation and we're buying a new house. And I'm realizing, holy shit, that's something we have just swept under the rug in an enormous way is like our financial literacy and communication and intimacy has been really on different planets, which we're working out. And, but Jamie, I came to him really okay, really like excited about realizing, oh, this marriage is so hard, maybe because like we are not a good match and maybe we shouldn't be doing this, right? Because so many things in my life started becoming so much easier. So I looked at the things that were hard and going, why, we don't, we don't need to do this. It doesn't need to be this hard. So maybe it needs to end. And I said, you know, I would love to say to our kids, see, I think this is where the change was for me, Jamie, that when I started giving myself that love, I was like, oh my God. So I want my kids to feel this love. So like, and in that reality now, in my, in my reality at that time, staying married did not equate to loving my kids or helping them feel loved. I had, I had been giving myself that love myself and I'm like, oh no, no, we can access this on our own or within a family or whatever. And I said to my husband, I said, I think we're actually maybe doing the kids a disservice, staying together, pretending like this is the emotional intimacy that we want for them as adults. I would rather say to them, look, mommy and daddy, we're good at a lot of things. Let it, let's give you the list, right? But we're not really good at like having a mature adult marriage and relationship. Like we're still kind of communicating communicating with each other, like on a high school level, we want better for you guys. And we hope that one of you figures it out and we get to see, or like, you know, that this is a constant like adventure, but we're saying like the kind of relationship that we want for everyone in this family, like the bar is high, the bar is high. Like, let's go for that. And I said, I think it's much more generous and in integrity for us to have that conversation with our kids than for us to stay together, kind of bumbling and acting like we're doing a good job. And like, we're proud and like, yeah, yeah, this is what we want for you. And I was like, okay, so I, yeah, marriage, we're just not good at marriage. And I was like walking out the door and uh, he bursts into tears. I'm like, this is really annoying because I've been doing all this work and like wanting him to feel something for so long. And then when I didn't need him to feel anything, like when I didn't need him to feel 
like the levels of dissatisfaction and pain and like hurt that I felt because our marriage wasn't what I wanted it to be. Once I didn't need him to feel that anymore, it was like he started feeling it. And I was like, okay, is this going to last? I don't really think it. I was like, I was really excited about the spiritual journey and the the ego death that may be on the other side of divorce. Like I was like, no, 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 no. This is something that like, I was like, I can never do that. I can, it's like, oh no, no, maybe this is the, I'm going to do the next thing. Maybe this is the next thing that I judge other women for doing that I'm going to do. And I'm going to go, I, you know, just, there's so much freedom in going, okay. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't, I don't have a fucking clue about this. Let me just like walk in these shoes and then, you know, just like, just like the wisdom that would come from it. But uh, my husband started actually being a different version of himself. And I was like, all right, this is going to last for like two days. And then it was like two weeks. And then it was like two months. And then like, Jamie, I looked around and I was like, wow, all of those things that I thought were going to change in my life that I had in my journal that I had on the list of like, what do I think is possible if I and pouring into my life and the people I love in a different way because I'm actually more filled up. You know, it's like, it's like, it's so, so cliche, like fill your own cup, put your own mask on first. And honestly, I know that there are a lot of people that if the oxygen masks dropped, they would put that baby on their kid's face first, right? Like so many of us, we know what we're supposed to do, but we're not going to do it. So I had to like figure out a different way to like, and because I love writing and through these love letters to myself, I was like, I haven't written in years. Like, when was the last time I wrote? Oh, probably before I got married. Like, what is going on? I was supposed to be a writer. So all of these things started just like becoming clearer. It was like when I started, when I started giving to myself what I needed, it was like every single day the windows of our house got clearer and I could see what was out there. And I could see because the light was coming in what was in here. And I was like, oh there's actually so much good stuff here. There's actually so much good stuff here. But I had recalibrated to what kind of love and care and compassion I think all humans deserve. deserve it's our birthright, mm-hmm. okay, to have. So now, if my connection with my husband drops below that threshold, I don't have a very, I don't have a tolerance for it. So we could just go down and I could be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. I might just like call it out right in that moment. Or I might be like, okay, we're not all our very best. And we may bounce down and up a little bit. And then I may have to go stop, reset. We're falling into old habits. And I do this in real time. I do this like in the kitchen. Say our 15-year-old is in there and Manny and I are in there and he kind of dismisses me or says something. We're like, I'm really sensitive to cliches or things that should just be a joke that we say all the time that really exacerbate harmful ideas and without giving my kids some awareness around this i think that could like strengthen um weak parts in their personality to to have them just act out of integrity or out of alignment with their own values really easily like i can see how my kids are swayed by their friends, you know? I know which kid is the most susceptible to peer pressure. I know which kid goes along with the crowd. I know which kid will stand up and do the right thing, you know? So I really watch the way Manny and I talk to each other and the assumptions we make about our kids and the way we talk about teenagers in general and all of those things to say, like, wait a minute, are our words true? 
are our words true? And are we really speaking the words that we want for our kid? Or are we going to say, oh yeah, all teenage boys are slobs? Or are we going to say, oh no, actually like you've always shown that you really care about your things. So if things are lying around in your room, maybe it's because you've outgrown them because I know you care about your things. You know what I mean? Like putting it on your kid to say like, I know that you are capable of incredible things and you're not doing that or meeting that right now. What, what, what's off or what can I do to help you? Or do you not want to do that anymore? Like really raising the bar. Right. And so in, I, there are a lot of words in our house every day because I want to, I want our kids to see great communication in their last few years here. Like the first 10 years of mothering, I wasn't, I wasn't the version of myself that I really wanted to be as a mom. Okay. And I have so much compassion for myself. Um, and I talk to my kids about, you know, times when we just want to really do a good job and we can't, <laughs> like we really, mm-hmm. you know, our best doesn't look very good sometimes, but to hold that, hold each other and ourselves in that regard that, oh no, no, we can trust, we can trust ourselves and we can trust the people we love to do their best. And like I used to with my skaters, instill in them that, you know, the we, the real way we love each other and let ourselves be loved is to be in tune with what would help the people around you feel good and look good and enjoy the moment. You know, like how can we all raise the bar for satisfaction for all of us at the same time, right? So like now when we'll play board games, because like this has a quickly it quickly, Jamie went from like marriage transformed, parenting transformed, like at the same turn, at the same turn when my husband was like, okay, I see what level you're at. I didn't even have to explain it to him, Jamie. Like now you're going to have to do X, Y, Z if you're going to want to stay in this marriage. No, I had done that for years, but instead I was like, this is just, we're not good at this. And he was like, oh, I can see my beautiful wife who I adore communicating at this level and saying, Hey, yeah, you're not here with me. Like, it was like, I was saying like, I'm at the grownups table. Right. <laughs> and, and but you had to do the work first. That's what I really like. Like, it's not like you saying things need to change. Like you were changed. I, you changed. I, and I changed, I was at a different level, different frequency, honestly, like however you want to think of it, people like we can think of it like law of attraction. Like when you really are, we all attract people that are like us or the person or, or the person we are looking for. And like quite often we attract people around us who are maybe like a little less successful or a little less knowledgeable in something or blah, 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 because we always like being like kind of the top dog. Or we may attract people who are better than us because we always like want to have someone to look up to. But then, you know, I'm saying we all have these dynamics that are unconscious. We all have these dynamics that are unconscious. But when we can shift, it's like we turn to a different radio station. It's like we are on a different channel and the people around you are going to have to tune to your station if they want to be in communication and in relationship with you. So what I basically said was, hi, I'm on this station now and I don't think you get this channel. 
Like I've tried to get you on this channel before, but I don't think you get it. And that's so great. That's awesome. Maybe you were never meant to pick up this channel, but this is the channel. This is where the Ashley show lives now <laughs> on this channel. It's like, this is where I live and this is where I feel alive. And this is where I feel filled up. And this is where I feel motivated, but not burnt out. Like, like not working in panic. This is where is I'm that how be. you rehab the shabby marriage then? That's how like, I did you it. Say- I just got there and then he went, she's beautiful and she's a good mom and I love her. Um, wait a minute. How do I get on that channel? And I was like, you know, you've tried. I love you, babe, but I don't think you're going to get there. It's okay. It's okay that you're not going to get there. And then he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Cause it's not that hard to find the fucking station. You go, wait a minute, static, closer, <laughs> closer, closer, closer. Are you getting warmer? Or are you getting colder? It's not very hard. A three-year-old could set the dial for you right? If that three-year-old was like, no, no, I want to hear like Jojo, Sliwar, who who, who do the three-year-olds listen to? I don't know. I want to hear, (laughs) right? Yeah. Vigilante shit by Taylor Taylor Swift, you know, (laughs) they will get the station. So that's the thing that quite often in our relationships, I think that we play dumb because we don't want to change the dial. We want people to come over to the channel we're on. And I think it's just a fight, like, come to my channel. No, come to my channel. It's like, we could actually, like, communicate and be on the same channel. But then we each need to shift. We each need to shift internally. And, like, that may be a quick shift. It may be, like, a lot of work. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the person that's doing the work is leading the channel change. Do you know what I mean? So totally, or, or we could let the person who's, like, spiraling into their mental health issues. And I'm, like, not saying... Like, I'm not putting, like, the blame totally on that person. But, like, the person who's, like, having a harder time, we could keep changing the channel and, like, going down in frequency to, like, there. And so in our relationship, it is constantly, um, I call it a renovation. It's, like, I grow into a different version of myself. And just, like, picture, like, half your house, like, changes style. Then you look at Mm -hmm. the other half and you're, like, this doesn't match anymore. So what are we going to do? And when one side is updated and it's working well and it's healthy and it's sleeping and it's happy and it's making money, you'll be, I think the other side is what needs to be updated because the alternative, and this is what a lot of people do, Jamie, and this is what I think we do. Okay. I'm realizing this for the first time, like at, at this level, I think that we do this with siblings. We do this with friends. We do this with coworkers. We do this all the time is that we go, oh my God, I know how I need to bloom. And we start to bloom and we turn around and people are like, what is that? You know, like when you're cleaning a closet or something, it becomes so messy before it's like perfect. You know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever. Like they're in the middle of the creative process. Like it may look worse than before you started, but you know what it's going to be. You can see the vision and people go, what are you doing? And then you go, nothing. And you like, pull down the wallpaper, you rip up the tile and like you shove it. And then you're like, okay, here's how we're going to do life. And you're so dissatisfied because you're, you've outgrown it. You've outgrown it. But we want other people to go, I love where you're going. I understand all of it. I support you 100%. Even if you get afraid, I'm going to keep you going. Listen, we may have some good cheerleaders sometimes. That's incredible. Doesn't always happen. But, but it's your renovation. It's your vision. It's your version of your life that you want to live. 
like go and then say, it's, it's really great over here. It's really the view. You know what I mean? And be like, you don't go down and like tell, wax poetic about like the view down here is like so awful compared to up there. No, you just go up there and you're like, I can't really hear you. Too busy enjoying the beauty. <laughs> like, um, I love it. Yeah, it, it. And even with kids, like I really want people to know, and maybe, maybe there are times with our children that we've been able to do this and we can't do it with our spouse. Like the thing is, we all know how to do this and we all know the leaps. We all know the changes that can happen so fast. It's almost like we're jumping timelines. You know, when we like, oh, things just start going really fast and it's when we drop that dead weight of other people's expectations and wanting other people to be on the same page with us before we take the next step. And the courage in doing the work yourself and making it none of your business temporarily, none of your business really ever how much work your partner does. I think that is radical integrity. And then mm-hmm. you, when you get to a place of recalibration, you're like, oh, no, no, I know the love that this little meat suit needs every day. I'm sure of it. You know, like if you had a kitten and you're like, I know how to, how much to feed this little baby because I love it. And this is how much makes her so happy. Having some of that, some of that delight and love for yourself, at least in moments, like I, I don't have it all the time, but there are times when I can go like, oh my God, precious little Ashley trying so hard at earth school here. And I can give myself, I can give myself some of that tenderness. So how do you keep monogamy hot amongst that? Because you talk a lot yeah. about that as well. Okay. I just want to make sure we have time to get out to everything. And I feel like this okay. is one of the so, most important things. Because you went from swinging to... Keeping monogamy hot, baby. Okay, because that's monogamy the thing. Hot. Swinging is not a good match for me. Non-monogamy is not a good match for me. And, or my husband. And we are kind of bitter about that. I do believe that it works for some people. But... That's not, that's not a good thing for me. So I'm like, okay, one woman, one man, one marriage here. How can we make this as alive and vibrant as possible? So for me, that happens in and outside the bedroom. For me, that's like my zest, my fire for life has to be witnessed by my partner in the kitchen. (laughs) So like communicating really clearly on what we need in each moment to feel seen, feel heard, feel connected so that we're always like vibing on a, like a pretty good channel, right? Like most of the time you want to be on a pretty good channel with each other. Like it's playful. It's fun. You're getting out the door. No one's screaming like you and your spouse and any of the kids who are around or the pets or whatever, right? Like if we can all get into a more playful space every day, the, the switch is closer to on. Do you know what I mean? When we're mm-hmm. already having this like, you know, playful at ease, we don't have to rush. We don't have to take things so seriously because Jamie, there are a lot of things in the day that are really good for us that we don't take the time to do. Right. Um, there are a lot of things that we should slow down and really look into, but we don't cause we're rushing and there's nothing more frivolous than an orgasm, especially a female orgasm. So to say, Oh yeah, yeah. I can clear everything from my plate and all I need to do is like receive pleasure for this next 30 minutes or this next hour. I mean, you have to be at a pretty high level of like relaxed and safe 
and joyful to go like, yes, you know what I need? An orgasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I need, right? Like you have to kind of be, and for a lot of people and especially women, like they don't feel like that maybe unless they're drunk. Like getting to that place of like, oh, honey, like jump my bones, rip my clothes off is like, they're very far from that on the continuum, on the spectrum of like ecstasy to agony, right? (laughs) Usually they're like, they're tired. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they're holding a pee in for four hours. Like, I mean, when we live this close to agony all the time, like pleasure is going to seem so alien. It's going to seem so alien. So more playfulness in daily life. And if that means that responsibilities have to change as far as who does what, because this is what I tell my kids, we don't have to be good at everything. We've got, we're, we're lucky that we live in a family. We're lucky that we have other people around who have different strengths, who see things differently than we do. And you know what? We're going to divide the duties in the family based on what our strengths are. Hey, who doesn't hate that? Who doesn't get anxious doing that? Who like actually enjoys just putting in their AirPods and like, you know, cleaning the windows because they like just want to be left alone. Like, let's take a look at not because of the gender of the two parents or the spouses, you know, let's just radically look at how, how we orchestrate all of the things and let's move out anything that's leaving you tired. Okay. And I really want people, especially parents with young kids, listen, you know, if something is an uneven energy exchange, if it leaves you tired, Okay. If it's not energizing, if it's not energizing, okay. We need so that we can healthfully get through life. We need to be energized and energizing like all day long. Okay. That's how we have a great day. That's why like sometimes when you're on vacation or say you go on a work trip and you like have interviews and this and that, you're like, oh my God, oh my God. It's like, you know, like we're kind of killing life, right? You're like checking the boxes. When brushing your teeth in the morning is tiring because you're looking at yourself and you still have your makeup on from last night. When making breakfast is tiring because your toddler's already screaming at your leg. When, 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 when you, you are just going on this trajectory in life. Okay. And it can happen and it'll happen for a while. Right. And then you can come back up. But I want, I want people to know that there's going to be a point where you're going to start changing your habits around your kids so that you get to conserve a bit more energy, right? But that is something that actually can be done so much sooner if we take out the part of parenting and marriage that's like says that we have to be a martyr. So looking at looking at your day so that things are more energizing. Okay. When when you're energized, you feel better physically and you feel better emotionally and you're in a better mood, right? So like getting along with people is easier. If there's a lot of um, like picking fights right now with you and your partner or nagging or, and I pick fights, that's how I, what I do when I hit my upper limit, I'm a fight picker, whatever it is. And that shows me like, oh, what is exhausting me somewhere else that I have to like poke at you to get some sort of like light back. So being in cooperation outside the bedroom is huge. Now for people who are like, okay, no, we're great outside the bedroom. We just don't know how to talk about sex. Okay. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that for a lot of people, and I didn't realize this, Jamie, a lot of people just have sex, but they never talk about sex. So 
this is, I think, why my videos, my how to keep monogamy hot videos and my after dark workshops are so popular and so easy for people to share and so needed is that a lot of people just want to start the conversation around intimacy. Like they want to ask for the tiniest thing in the bedroom, but they think they can't ask for anything in the bedroom. Like, like you can never ask. You should just be grateful for what you're getting. And I think this is a, a bit of an equalizer with genders, I think, is that both men and women have been taught in different ways that like, I should just know, or it should just be good enough or, 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 and it leaves all of us hurting if we never have a partner or we never have the courage ourselves to say the thing first, to initiate the conversation and say, hey, I need to tell you, when you touch me like this, it feels a little weird. Like, could you try doing this? Or talking about the feelings, like just all of the things that could come out. Here's here's the thing. It is just human talking to human. And when you have the practice outside the bedroom, doing it naked is not going to feel so weird, okay? Because you're going to be talking about limiting beliefs just in life. And like the bedroom ones are not actually scarier. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for a lot of couples, they're starting this conversation about like, hey, how can we get on the same page in the bedroom? How can we have a little bit more fun? How can we be more intentional about this? And then they're saying, okay, let's pick up a toy, you know, maybe their first vibrator, or they're saying, oh, send the kids to the, a, the, a friend's house or, you know, their aunt and uncles for three hours on Saturday afternoon, and we're going to have a sexy Saturday. And then they like plan what they're going to do, right? Maybe even like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that alcohol has to be involved and I'm saying hopefully it doesn't, but some people are like, they're pouring a glass of wine in the afternoon because like, to, to get loosened up to, to do that because it's so different from what they're used to, right? Like having sex in the afternoon, maybe they haven't done that, Jamie, since they were dating, like, right? Like it's so like mm-hmm. foreign. As long as you are open with yourself about, wait a minute, I actually am so uncomfortable doing that. I need to loosen up. And you tell your like just bring awareness to all of it. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And then they go and instead of having just a quickie, like they've been having quickies for freaking years, right? They, for two hours, will like have a massage. They'll have sex a couple times. They'll have a shower together. There'll be music. There'll be candles. It'll be like like a, like a, the way a wedding night maybe should be, except like you're too tired and maybe it's late. But like, Yeah, my wedding night was not like that. <laughs> right, but like, like a really nice night like that. And then they walk out of the bedroom and they go, oh my God, like life is so much more fun when we're on the same team. Like we are really good at cooperating. We are like good at like setting a goal together and like executing and like, you know, whether or not sex has been an awesome thing for you at a different time in your relationship. And now you're in a lull or it's like, it's never been good. And now you want it to be good. Like, we, most of us have that feeling, whether we saw it in media or we had it before that, like, when you're having good sex, like you, you feel like you're like the king of the world, you know? Mm -hmm. So we have that feeling like I'm going to feel more, more powerful if this part of my life feels better. So then you go in with your partner, you have some success there. Then together talk about like power couple energy, right? You walk out of the bedroom, you just high fived, right? Best orgasms ever. And you're like, Hey, you want to start a business together? Or you want to do this? Or like suddenly you like, I don't know what happens. Like fill in the blank. Cause like it's happened a thousand different ways for a thousand different couples. 
But getting on the same page in the bedroom saying, hey, it's not too late. I'm not too out of shape. We haven't had too many kids. We haven't like been separated for too long. We can make it hot. We can say we have a hot sex life, you know, like, like, just like pat yourself on the back. Look at, look at us. It just feels good when, when, when you feel like you're rang the bell, like, like you're getting something right. That is so good. Honestly, this is so helpful. And I love how it's come like so full circle, right? Like from the beginning, first episode to this episode, the work you do on yourself, how it trickles into your relationship, into parenting, all the things. You are such a light, Ashley. Thank you so much for coming on. We are going to link your video series, your book, all the things, and send everyone your way. Thank you, Jamie. This was so fun. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. And if you haven't already, if you could take a couple minutes, head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me, but only if you like the episode though. If you don't, that's cool. Just remember what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Now, if you are a stepmom craving more, I highly recommend joining my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. Members get access to additional podcast episodes, interviews, and coaching sessions, and live Q&As, and just exclusive next-level content and conversation that I don't share anywhere else. Have an issue or a stressor that you'd like my support with? Just bring it to the Ask Jamie section of the forum. I check in throughout the week, and I'm here to help you out. To get more information or to join, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and I'll see you in there.